ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, it's time! of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcoming in fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast live today on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Well, afternoon where I'm at, evening where Jim's at. Uh, Zach Heilman here welcoming you on in. Yes, it is uh, time to enter the snake pit. Why do it have to be snakes? Well, we got the sixth team we got to deal with. And it is the Carolina Cobras. I'm going to bring in my co-host here on this live show. Again, we, you want to chat with us? Go into the chat room here. It is my good buddy, good pal, good friend here, uh, partner crime, whatever you want to call it. it. He is Jim Mernier over in Jacksonville, Florida. I am Zach Cowan in Arizona. I was going to say it one more time on this show after I said it once on the USL podcast. So here I am. Uh, Jim, how are things, man? We are we are one more step towards the season. It, it's kind of it's feeling pretty real, you know. Pe- teams are in training camps now. We're seeing photos, videos, and everything of the like. I know your sharks are busy in the community right now. How, how's, how's it going for you? Right now, we're 14 days away from the kickoff of the 2023 NAL season, and from every team I've seen so far in the NAL, we have. Get-togethers, we have community events, we have cookouts, we have mascots giving away free tickets, we have uh, teams getting ready, teams getting prepared, um, and of course we got the Cobras. We're entering the final two weeks of our preseason or pregames, uh, previewing the season to the two teams that played for the NAL championship last year. And this week we are starting with the Carolina Cobras from the Greensboro era. So yeah, it's two weeks well, uh, of course. We- you're a little unique. We're not pre-recorded. There are a couple of things. We do have an interview coming in later in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. was, uh, I, I had the privilege to sit down with Zach Brown, not Zach Callum, but too many Zachs on this episode today. Uh, <laughs> yes. But it, it's good, 14 days. So for you Carolina Cobra fans here, um, again, uh, this is your show. We'll be talking about your players, your key, your schedules. Um, of course, listeners, you have comments, you have questions send them through because this is a live event and this is very rare we usually don't do live events um so when jim does mess up i can't go edit it <laughs> so that's, that's what happens uh, but for the people who are listening to the podcast platform um yes uh this was a live event so you missed out if you're listening right now appreciate it. welcome to the inside the walls podcast live event. If, anything, if anything for you folks on the podcast you know i I recommend Jim's kind of, I think, hinting at this other thing, too. You might want to head on over to our YouTube channel where we do the video version of this show 
uh, helps us get the audio for you. Uh, go over there, hit that big red button down by the video, whatever you choose. You can any of the episodes, and then you know hit that bell because as we say on multiple shows that you and I are associated with, it builds morale, helps you feel pretty good. We feel pretty good about it too, and it helps us spread the show and the word about the National Arena League and the great sport of arena football that is back this year in just two weeks. So please go on ahead and follow us on our social media here at Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, of course, especially on Twitter. We're very active on there. Facebook-wise, you know, hey, go check out the NAL community. You guys know where that's at. Otherwise, just look up NAL National Arena League group. It's one of the biggest groups in the in the Facebook place for arena foot, at least arena fans. You'll want to tune in for that. Anyway, now we get all the semantics, all the stuff out of the way. I already have seen JPN here say hi. So hello, good sir. Welcoming you to the live stream. We'll try to acknowledge as many quotes and comments as we can, of course, as we go through the evening on this show. Uh, episode 89, as we said, the snake pit. Let's dive into this thing. Carolina Cobras. So quite, a, I would say some decent changes, some big names moving places for them. Uh, Runner-ups last year in the NAL. Didn't have a bye week last year. Got all the way to Albany, and sadly things kind of fell off the tracks in the worst way possible as the Empire kind of steamrolled them in their own building. Um, a few changes, though, but again, we, we talked about the Cobras in a few other episodes and hinted that, you know, they're, they're kind of – they can be like – it's kind of a dark horse-ish team right now. Uh, there's some pieces that are big names. You're going, okay, I like these additions, but can they gel enough along with the addition of especially new co- head coach promoted from OC James Fuller – bringing into the reins now, coming back to his first head coaching stint in the NAL since he was with the Sharks two years prior, or three years prior, <laughs> or two years, two. I'm counting this season. It's two. Two, three. Prior. Two. He, he, he was there prior, but yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that are new to the Carolina Cobras. We have a return of a MVP. Uh, we have a return of a quarterback that's won a championship. Uh, and we have a another quarterback that played in Jacksonville, played Carolina last year, and now he's there again in Malik Henry. So you have the – you could say you have the familiarity between Malik uh, Henry there from last year. And, of course, from Charles McCollum, a star quarterback in the NEL a couple years ago. Uh, he led them to a championship, and he gave Jacksonville a run for their money in 2019. So he is very well experienced in Carolina. And, of course, you have the weapons that are there still, Lance Evans, Adam Smith, and you have other guys like Miles Kelly that's showing up this year. And, of course, our host today, our, our uh, host, but our interviewer today, Mike <laughs> Brown, he returns. He's a fan favorite of both uh, Jacks and Carolina. So it's going to be an interesting season. Now, Coach Fuller, this is his second time around as a head coach uh, for an NEL franchise. Um, so it's going to be unique. Uh, I don't think the pressure is as high in Carolina as it is in Jacksonville. But the players that are returning, there are familiar names in there. So, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a unique season. And when we get to the interview for uh, Zach Brown, he even states about last year how this team, like we've stayed and we get bashed by this all the time. Zach is that we said that Carolina was the best team in the in this league for most of the season last year. They were is, a good season. Problem is, sometimes the best teams in the league don't win a championship. And Albany won the game that mattered the most, the very last one, and they are the champions. But most of the season, all uh, Carolina was the best team in the league. They ran out, they got on the gate, came out of the gate on fire, won four or five in a row or something like that. Then they lost, and they went on a continuous and more win streak. And Albany caught up to them, got the one seed from them, 
and then beat them in the game that matters the most. And and it was what Zach said is that caught fire, ran out of the gas, and he basically said that the no bye week, which you mentioned just moments ago, really reared its head towards the end of the year. And we stated that last year, how it you can tell it's Jacksonville, Carolina, were just going through the motions at the end of the year because they were just trying to, you know, reserve players before the playoffs started. And Zach and, and Brown mentioned that. So, but there are some key players. So I did get up the current roster for this. And now sometimes the technology works for me. So here we go. Uh, there's three slides. Um, there we go. Let me get the other stuff. It's live. <laughs> like, I can't do any editing. It's live. Um, of course, there's a couple of familiar names up there as we see already. Derek Ziegler, an AF, uh, NAL vet, a couple, couple of first teams. Adam Smith, who came out on the scene last year, uh, that really uh, propelled himself as one of the top tier play quarterback, I think, for a couple downs, but he's mostly a wide receiver. Uh, He shined in the early to late tier second half of the season last year Mm -hmm. for the Carolina Cobras. And of course, there's some other names and other players that are popped up in there that have experience in the game, like like Charles McCollum. There he is, the, the vet himself. Um, when you have a ring, you, you, that's all the experience you need. You can just show, walk around and show the finger. Uh, you, <laughs> you got Kenny Ville, that's a, uh, that's returning. You got, of course, we just mentioned Lance Evans and also Ronnie Hall, which is a big key addition. Uh, that secondary is just as good. Um, yeah, that's a great addition to their secondary with Veal. That's going to be an mm-hmm. awesome secondary between those two. And, of course, Zach Brown to uh, – Back there is a linebacker slash fullbacks. Uh, he wants to – he said on his interview he wanted to return kicks. So, uh, but then again, you got other guys out there that, you know, you know, Martin, Lowell. But the one guy I want to mention, I don't think it's on here yet because I don't think it's updated. It is why I said Malik Henry is returning to the Carolina yes. Cobras. So, you do have a quarterback battle probably of coming in this season, but – if you have a clear cut, number one, I think is Charles McCollum right off the bat. As uh, if you won a championship, he's the guy to lead the way. But I've always stated, quarterback competition in the in, in fall camp produces winning results in the regular season, and mm-hmm. the best quarterback will win. So it's it's exciting that we can finally we're two weeks away. So all this preview and stuff ends next week. So hallelujah, uh, but still. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot, a lot of familiar places, uh, players in Carolina. So I don't think a lot of people asked. Uh, I had conversations with a couple of Shark friends and a couple of people that we know personally. How far the drop off will Shark will Carolina be this year compared to last year? I don't think it's going to be that far of a drop off. Uh, the talent's still there. The quarterback present is still there. Uh, different faces, but the same mentality. Yeah, and I think one thing that's going to be key with the Cobras, even with you know, Josh Rezanalo moving on uh, to different ventures after the season. You know, James Fuller was there as their OC for all of last year. This was a pretty pretty easy adjustment to move up. You're keeping basically the same program together with him staying. So you got the same mentality, the same concepts that he wants, and you're going to have a lot of the key guys like you're talking about, a lot of key linemen, Terrence Ames, Derek Ziegler, uh, Walter Thomas, who had a lot of solid moments later in the year for the Cobras last year. You know, those guys returning, having your big men there is going to help open a lot of things up for especially the newer talents that might be in the passing game. Although Lance Evans and Adam Smith being familiar in that offense already helps a ton. It's I don't know if it replaces, for example, Kendrick Gings or DJ Myers, but it's at least good to have someone with that core 
passing ability and kind of being on a similar page, at least one quarterback, because Malik Henry at the end of the year, like you're talking, now getting re-signed, that's a good signing, especially as a security blanket if you don't fully want to, say, jump in and say Charles McComlin isn't all the way up to a snuff where he used to be. Henry did perform admirably at the end of last year to where you can you can run with Malik Henry and say, all right, he took another step. Let's see what he's got this year. So, And not to mention, like, we, like I hinted there, Kenny Veal and Rodney Hall being your two – your two guys anchoring the sides on the DB section and Hall also being a solid receiver option too. That's great for your defense. So they have pieces. The question is, can it keep up with some of the other fully loaded rosters in the NAL? That's to be seen. I see what you put up there, by the way, Jim, with a uh, JPN, JPN 23. Yes, indeed. That was one of the best passes from last year in pinch hitting very much. Adam Smith definitely deserves a call. I hope he clips that because yeah, I've seen a few players clip our show. I would love him to be like, yeah, I, I say that's right. Because he did. That was a, that was like out of the blue. Just nice, pretty 20-plus yard TD pass right in the corner. No big deal. I may not be – I may not be – I don't want to jump to judgment, but I do think one of the best receivers in the game is with us. He's currently with Memphis, and that is DJ Myers. Hmm. I think that's DJ. If I'm if I'm right, he may – if he replies on the post again, he probably is DJ Myers. Uh, but, yeah, you mentioned earlier – it's hard to replace Kendrick Gings and DJ Myers. That was a lethal one-two combo in Carolina, especially with Jonathan Bain back there. Um, it's going to be – but Adam Smith, Lance Evans, they've been there. They've done that. They know the oh, system. Yeah. They're, it's not going to be a massive drop-off. We have seen teams in this league have elite receiving cores, and the next year they can barely get you know past midfield sometimes. Um uh, I, I, I'm doing by experience, by the way, but uh, you know, <laughs> that, that happens sometimes in the, in the arena game, uh, especially in the type of industry this is, how players one week can be on one roster and then the next week they're on another team. So things switch. Um, but for Carolina, when you had that, people say, well, they don't have Bain, they don't have DJ, they don't have Kendrick Ings, this team's going to drop off. Not really, because – when you bring back a quarterback who won the championship a couple years ago, who basically carried that team in 18 and then 19 went to a shootout versus Jacksonville multiple times for the championship, mm-hmm. you're bringing in a caliber player that knows how to win the big game. Yes. I'm not saying Jonathan bank can't win a big game. He did it before, but we talked to a couple of Carolina players. We talked to Kendra Gings. I've talked to Zach and preview of this today, honestly, and players do not want to say it, but the sting is still there from last game. And, and for honestly, from the narrative I got from God Brown is that they had him, they know how to beat him. They just got behind early and just basically said it was a done deal. You know, of course, well, in, in this game, you get down behind three possessions. That's almost, game over in some sense, especially how Albany was playing last year. Well, let's reiterate too, of course, with how their season went. You're talking no bye weeks. Well, no bye weeks for 14 game, regular season games. 15 if you count the semis. So, they had to go through 16 games last year, including the championship, just to get through a season. So, keep that in mind. They didn't get any time to relax, any time to chill, really whatsoever until the bye week, that coming up to the championship. I said 16, I meant 15 because there was a bye last year. So, 15 games is still insane. I will backtrack to that. But nonetheless, 
that's a lot of wear and tear. And they did Iron Man last year for the first season. So you got no bye weeks. This year, they at least get three. So that's going to feel real good for them that they can at least kind of spread some things out for them this season with some successes that they might have. So keep that in mind. That is a crucial element to this. Um, Arena is a very much a fast-paced, heavier-hitting sport. And you got to be well-conditioned. And you have to hope that you are going to stay conditioned and healthy through that 15-week course. Now they get a little bit more time. You know, the hope is that you can have some of that retool that they did this year with some with some star players kind of going to new places where some were last season. You can get back to the promised land, and you'll be a lot more rested and ready to go this time around. Well, last year, two teams in the NAL suffered for not having the bye week. And you can tell as yeah. the season progressed, it it started to show its its head, uh, it, like simple injuries, like maybe a, a bum knee or a twisted ankle. They becoming they were becoming major issues at the end of the year because they didn't have bye weeks. Like everyone else last year had a bye week, had a moment in their season where they can you know decompress, then boom go. Yeah. So. Carolina and Jacksonville did not have that last year. This year, everyone has it, so they have a time and a chance to decompress and go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to point out something in the chat because I also agree, and thank you, for, chat, for pointing out. Yes, indeed. You know, Jordan saying that, of course. I also saw that uh, Ralph Judkins here. Smash that like button. That helps also spread the episode. You know, we're trying to grow the arena game, too. It's not just growing the show. We are also trying to spread the word of the National League and arena football itself, too, so please – Go ahead and do that as you may. Um, let me think here. Some other stuff with the Cobras. Actually, something I want to bring up that's recent news. Um, they've been adding a few more ownership pieces to their slate. Um, John Kane, as we know, came over very recently. Uh, former Albany Empire minority owner who came over and now part owns the Cobras. He actually brought another Albany native um, and former Albany Empire superfan, Polly Walnuts, uh, is going to be joining that sector. So just wanted to bring that up, too. Uh, that ownership has been expanding a little bit as we go. <laughs> I can see this is a data comment right here. <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> Appreciate all you tuning in. If you aren't watching the XFL, we're glad to entertain you <laughs> right now. <laughs> apparently, I, apparently, I made that comment in the last episode about that, about Orlando, and, and someone mentioned to me, he's like, man, you just took a nice shot at for the, for well, at the Guardians. Okay. I'm like, I did? I don't remember so, doing it. Then I listened over to the episode, I'm like, oh, I, I literally did. So here's, here's a fun quip, Jim. Um, and I'll say this just to show you, like we were talking with Orlando's successes that might, we hope, transition over. Um, the Guardians today, as of this live show, um, in Orlando, they only had 7,800 fans at their latest game. Now, credit, keep in mind, they are now 0-6. Still, you know, which, you know which team had a better end-of-year attendance for one of their games? The other hometown football team, Predators, had a little over 8,000. But 7,800 in Amway Center. Well, that'd be incredible. <laughs> that, that looks a lot better than 7,800 at, where are they playing, Camping World Stadium? That holds like 68 and 70,000. It's just a bad look. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm the one. I think I took a shot at them. I, I didn't mean to. Then David posted there. One of our loyal listeners uh, uh, contributed to the show. So um, that's <laughs> fine. Like, we, there's more people here. That is, um, that's, always appreciate. Always appreciate both Dave and David here. Both of you gentlemen in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. By the way. <laughs> uh, but, but speaking about the Carolina Cobras and speaking about attendance number attendance, ladies and gentlemen, remember. 
To get your season tickets now, go to carolinacobras.com or visit Ticketmaster. Every single team in the National Arena League, Ticketmaster is up for single-game tickets. And if you're any Albany fans, I know we have some Albany listeners who may catch the podcast version of this or jump in later on the show. Uh, If you want free tickets for the kickoff home opener, smash that like button. We'll see who has it. And we'll be giving away free tickets next week with Manas and uh, I forgot. No, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not going to announce the players yet. We, we, I'll wait we're, we're just going to say Manas is going to join us next week for the Albany Empire preview. We have player players joining us next week, so smash the like button, share the link. Um, we may say something else on Twitter or Facebook or one of these social media things and we'll do a drawing on next week's episode to see who wins two tickets to the albany empire's home opener against the predators oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one guys uh that's gonna be a loaded up game um and tune in for that for sure uh because seriously we'll have a lot more guests than i mean coach manasa alone you guys want to tune in for but i mean we're gonna have at least one other very well very well known and uh talented albany empire player on that very talented roster joining us uh, possibly two possibly two we're, we're possibly. figuring this out but we're gonna have a loaded loaded staff for that interview so be sure to check out next week this week though i think uh, i think it's perfect timing for interviews because i mean hey if we're talking some stars in this league what what better one to bring up than a uh, obviously someone who has played in both the sister uh ownerships with all with of course jacksonville and carolina in zach brown i think it's a great time to introduce this jim yes so with that ladies and gentlemen i had the privilege of being joined by Zach Brown of your Carolina Cobras. Episode 89's interview series, this week's Carolina's Cobra own, Zach Brown. Zach, welcome to the show, man. appreciate you for you joining on. Thank you for having me. Well, Zach, I, I, I know we're going to have a lot of Shark fans here. I was at a Shark event earlier today. Uh, it's again, it's kind of, it stinks that you're wearing Cobra black and silver, not sharks black and red. Um, but again, there's me and Zach Column on the show have a saying that Caroline and Jacksonville, basically a brother and sister relationship. We're both the same organization, similar. Usually a lot of ex sharks go from sharks, to the Cobras, like last year, it was you, Bane. Uh, there was a couple other players. I'm like, yeah, this is like just the former Jacksonville Sharks in Carolina. But, but having you on the show, we wanted you on the show last year. But of course, the season so it happened so quick, goes away. Um, your time in Carolina compared to your time in Jacksonville. What's the difference? Were the perks of playing in Carolina compared to Jacksonville? Um, don't get me wrong with that. Jacksonville, it's a great place to play at. You know what I'm saying? Like the time I would die and die in Jordan and everything because the difference between Carolina and Jacksonville is the beach. Jacksonville got the beach. Carolina don't got no beach. But with the city, though, it's a lot of great food to eat up here also and a lot of places to go with. It's basically like a little college town, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff really going on. And like in Jacksonville, too, it's a lot of stuff going on, too. But I like both places, though. I can't really say Carolina the best or Jacksonville the best. You know what I'm saying? Both organizations were great to me. And I respect Jacksonville until this day. Well, I always will. You know what I'm saying? For giving me the opportunity to show, showcase my talent. But um, Carolina, they um, I went to college up this way, so I knew about Greensboro a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
So that was another decision for me to come up here and play because I already knew about the um the area. But I love Jacksonville though. Don't get me wrong, I love Jacksonville closer to home. Family can come watch me play more though. But it's about the same to me. I like both cities though. Well, I know one thing. Carolina has better barbecue than Jacksonville. <laughs> that's a sound yeah. the truth right there. Um, this is a question from Zach. You've played with Coach Fuller previously, and now that he's been promoted to head coach at Carolina, what is your expectations for Fuller this go-around compared to the last time you coached, played under Coach Fuller? Um, to be honest, it's still the same thing. Go out here, grind, put that work in. You know what I'm saying? One thing about Coach Fuller, he's a great coach, detailed coach. He's going to have you ready for game day throughout the week. So if you listen to him, I promise you on game day, game will be much easier to you. And I've been with Coach Fuller since 2019. And from that day forward, he told me, ZB, ride with me now. And I've been going here ever since then. And that's why I feel like my game elevate every year mm-hmm. because he'll come and tell me and let me know what I need to work on. You know what I'm saying? So, and I do that in my offseason and everything. But he's a great coach, though. Speaking about elevation, last season, Carolina had that hot start. We were pumping you guys up on the show here. We were getting a lot of hate from certain team from up north. Uh, but speaking of the, how the season ended and entering this season, is there a chip on your shoulder going into the 23 season because of what happened at the end of the last year? Um, Yes, yes. It definitely is because at the end of the day, you come to camp, and your main goal is to play in that championship game. So, you know, you play a lot of games. You have your ups and downs throughout the season. You win some, you lose some. But once you get to that championship game, all the other games you play don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? This the one that you go hard for with your teammate. You hit the weight room for. You do the extra condition for this type of game right here. And I felt like nothing against Auburn. They're a great team, got great players. I think that we just let the game slip out of our hand and get out of hand early, and we weren't able to bounce back like we did a couple times against Auburn that's, uh, last season. But Auburn came out, I think they were more hungry than us. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want people to think that last year that we thought about since we beat them three times, we can go beat them four times, but that wasn't our mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We threw them games out the door and said, hey, man, this hit right here, this is the last game of the season. So. Let's go get it and make the best team win. And they was the best team that night, and they got the championship. You played fullback. You played Jack, Mac, whatever position you were playing. You were playing. And you also played kicker last year for a <laughs> time. That was like, I think, a running joke on this show uh, that <laughs> week. We are like, uh, well, Zach was kicking against, I think it was Albany, what, week two or week one that was the game? It was like a home game. I remember it was a home game, though. Because uh, I remember sending the text at the end of the game to Coach Resnaller. I'm like, so, why Zach? <laughs> He's like, we had to act, and that was the first person that popped in my mind. I'm like, oh, okay. It was it was unique when I saw, is that Zach Brown kicking the, doing kickoffs? He can yeah. kick, he can run, <laughs> he can catch. He's the ultimate package, Carolina. It was, it was a great highlight, in my opinion, but as a player being put in that situation, how unique is it go from a, a from a position that you're you see every single day kickers kicking the through it goes, Oh, this could be easy. What was your mindset going through the kick and you realize like, oh, maybe kickers, this is not really an easy job. Oh um, yeah, well um I think T C I don't know how T C got burnt or somehow. So 
he had to throw somebody in to kick it. And I think Ings was going to kick it at first. And then I was like, Ings, I got you. You just hold the ball and I kick it. But once I started running to the ball and kicked the ball, I think Ings moved the hand the ball fell before I kicked it. So that's why it went like that. But it was a learning experience, though. I just do anything to help the team, though. You know what I'm saying? And we weren't trying to kick it no deuce and everything. We were just trying to get a squeal kick, keep the ball in play and everything. But I enjoyed the experience and everything. You know, we joked about it, too. It was like, nah, ZB, you just stay do what you do. You know what I'm saying? You're not a kicker. But um, it was just, like I said, an experience that I learned, and um, I enjoyed it, though. But the kickers, they do got a hard job to do now. <laughs> we had – I had a conversation with Daniel and Justino here in Jacksonville and talking about kicking. And he goes, it's all in the head. He goes, there's there's 100, 100 kickers out there that can do the same thing that I do. If it's not in between your six inches and your skull, it's all mental. If you're not getting straight in your head, you're – you can kick the ball all day you want, but if it's, you're not mental and kicking the ball straight, it's going to ruin you, especially in this game, especially the goal post being that short. And we had the fan question right here. Seeing that you did a kickoff, you're a linebacker last year, fullback last year, any returning going back there to return a kick? Is that in your future? Hey, hey, Cole Fuller, you hear this? <laughs> but, um. I wouldn't mind doing one kick return just one time for the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't nothing but 50 yards. It ain't like it's 100 yards that I got running 100 yards if I break. But I wouldn't mind doing a kick return one time because I feel like when they see me back there, they can be like, oh, that's a big guy to hit down now. And I know the first man ain't going to bring me down, so I think I'll get a couple yards. I ain't, I'm going to run it back, but I'm going to get on the other side of the 25, though. That's a positive outlook on so for me as a D lineman slash offensive lineman back in my day. Uh, uh-uh. uh, fifty yard <laughs> field, no. I don't care if it's one hundred or fifty. I don't care if it's twenty five. Like my mission is just to block somebody for five yards, and the whistle blows. That's it, and walk my behind back to the huddle. Uh, sorry, that was just me back in the day. That's why I don't play sure. football anymore. I think that's the reason why I was too lazy after the whistle was blown. Uh, but. <laughs> But speaking of newcomers coming into your t- city, you got a returning NAL MVP in Charles McCollum, and you have guys like Adam Smith and Lance Evans returning to Carolina this year. What player are you most looking forward to working with again this year, or are you just happy that the season is literally two weeks away and camp's in full swing? Is it newcomers that you're pressed seeing that, or are you looking forward to, or are you just like just happy that the season's going and you got your crew, most of your guys back from last season? Um, I'm happy to really the team that Coach Fuller put together. I'm happy to play with everybody. You know what I'm saying? The newcomers, mm-hmm. the vets, and everything, especially um Charles. Like being a quarterback, he definitely gonna make the game much easier for the offensive side. And you know with um Derek Ziegler, the center. He coming back. Me and him been rocking together since 2019, so we so coexist together that it's hard to break that bond. You know what I'm saying? We and him talk almost every other day in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? Working on our technique to try to be even more better for our quarterback. But um, also another player, too, that we I like to play. I'm glad to play with is um, Kenny Ville and KJ. You know what I'm saying? They're somebody, you know, they play DB. They some great dudes, great ball hawking. You know what I'm saying? And then with Lance coming back, Adam, it just it just a lot of great players. And also we got Mikael that played with Jacksonville last year. You know what I'm saying? That um I think he was number two. 
great, great addition to the team. But I'm ready to play with everybody, though, all the newcomers and the vet, because I think we're going to have a great, solid team this year. Well, speaking about your team, we got a, me- a question from Zach, which, of course, if you're watching the stream, ladies and gentlemen, he's not here. He's currently still moving. But he says, with the additional specialists in the game, are you attempting to just play a specific position and stay there? Like, you just want to be the fullback, or you just want to be the jack or the mac, and that's your position the entire game? Or are you going to be a non-specialist um, uh, player yeah. this year? I think I'm going to be a non-specialist again because mm-hmm. – um, I'm used to playing both ways. That's why I grind the off season, get my body prepared for this and everything. Because what people don't understand, though, I don't really don't want to come off the field. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I'm on the field. I can help the team out. Not saying the net person can't, but I just feel like I, I can help the team out too. But and also that um the mat linebacker and the fullback, I think that's the toughest position on the field because we make the most contact every play. Like we're going to hit somebody. So for me to play both ways the whole season and come out healthy, I think that's a blessing, and I thank God for that and everything. And I just, like I said, work in the offseason, so I know I'm going to be a two-way player this year. Speaking of players again, last year, DJ Myers, a teammate of yours, won the Ironman of the Year Award. Is this year's team, especially you, this is a question to you, you won the Week of the Honors before, Ironman of the week last year a couple of times. What are your what can how can I say this? Is your goal this year as a player to become an Ironman of the year and keeping that award in Carolina? Or is your goal as a player this season just to be the best player you can be and represent the city of Carolina like you did here in Jacksonville when you played here a few years ago? Um as you speak of DJ, it's crazy though. DJ texted me today and told me Z B. Keep being you, keep being great, and keep being that dog you is. Like, DJ's like my best friend. And you know what I'm saying? Before he got chosen for the Ironman Award, we talked about it, and we just like, bro, one of us going to win it, and all this right here. And we respect each other once he won it. I was mm-hmm. proud of him because he is a great athlete. He is an ex basketball team. So I'm glad he playing with the the Memphis snow, Snowboats. Showboats. Yeah, Showboats, you know what I'm saying? He deserve it, you know what I'm saying? But, um... My goal this year is just to be the best version I can be for the Carolina Cobras. And if the war come up for me to win it, I'd be glad. But my, my job is to lead this team, be a great leader, and show the, the young rookies what it takes to be a pro and be a, um, a winner also. So, And the main thing, you know everybody want to win a championship. That's the main goal for me, too, to win the championship. Um, if I play football, that's what my coach says. It's just strange in this sport that we play. We we play 12-week season, five preseason camp weeks, and we all play the, for a, a ring. That's it. So we, we kill each other for 20-some-odd weeks for hardware that's going to just be on our finger for probably a day or so. Um, <laughs> but I, I, tell, I, I tell my coach back then, still do, I still have communications with them, like, uh, how many rings did we win when we played? He goes, zero. I was like, okay, I really wish I had that rings that I won something. Um, but anyways, uh, speaking of DJ, um, again, to the fans out there, especially Zach Kalman, USS po- USFL podcast, I think they're going about to have him on a show on their other podcast. So if you're watching this, ladies and gentlemen, tune into them. DJ is coming back. Uh, again, genuine guy. 
you guys were here in Jacksonville a couple weeks uh, last year for the last two games of the basically it was our last two home games, but met DJ trying to talk to you, but you're too busy on the other side of the sideline talking to a bunch of other Sharks fans. I'm like, where's Zach at? It's like, you're on the other side. Um, but speaking of fans, the fan base in Carolina, I can see is they, they have a group of guys, group of people like we do here in Jacksonville that cater to the fans. Um, is there an event coming up this week or next week here in, in there in Carolina for like a fan get together or fan fest? Um, and if, if there is, can you tell the fans where to find that place at? Um, we just had one a day from 12 to 3 at Buffalo Wild Wing. And we had a couple couple people come out and everything. And some of the fans from last year came out and everything and everything. But I think our next one, I don't know, I think tomorrow, if not tomorrow, it's next Sunday in Winston-Salem at the David Buster. You know what I'm saying? I don't really know the address. I didn't know it was in Winston-Salem and the place of David Buster. But I think it's tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it's next Sunday. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. like they're saying, though, we got a lot of events coming up. Like, I think this year we got more events that we had last year. And, like, I just left uh, Sam on Sam um, football tournament up here. We went and met some kids and telling them, you know what I'm saying, what it take to be a pro. You know what I'm saying? Teach them about school, work for grades, grades, grades. Then you play sport because you're a student athlete before you be an athlete. You got mm-hmm. to get your grades first. So who's was out there talking to a lot of bunch of kids that trying to go Division One and play at the next level. But that's I think that's what we got coming up for the fan fest. It's like David Buster. Like I said, I think it's tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it's next Sunday. Because we did one here in Jacksonville. I think San Antonio has one tomorrow as well. So a lot of things around the league are starting to pick up as we're nearing kickoff, especially in two weeks' time. And in two weeks from now, you guys are making the journey to San Antonio to take on the Gunslingers. How you're, you? How are you preparing for that game? The introduction to the Nets. San Antonio has gotten some great players, big an Arsenal. They just signed Arvell Nelson. So they're loading up there. Uh, what's the mindset heading into week one here in a few weeks? At the end of the day, you got to respect them guys out there because at the end of the day, they 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 busting their tail to win the championship. They build up a, uh, a team so they can win the championship. And like I said, we played on week one. It's going to be a great game. And I know my boy is going to be ready to come down now and put on the show and come back with a win. And the main goal for us, once we get that – get to that time to play on, it's just a win by one. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't no telling what going to happen with the Nets. Mm-hmm. First game back with the Nets. So our main goal is just to win by one. But we know San Antonio going to bring in a game too. I got much respect for, my, um, for that organization. Well, we had Kendrick Ings on a couple of weeks ago for the Mustangs preview. And we talked about the Carolina uh, beginning, how the, you guys start off the season on fire. Like he won, I think the first five, you're five and oh, and you suffer your first defeat. Uh, he says, if we, it, he said that Carolina, basically what he believes is like, you got out of the gate so fast and so on fire as the season progressed, it dragged on. And as the season came to the end, you, it seemed like everyone caught up to you as a player. Will you rather have that hot start or a consistent flow through a season where you catch on fire at the right time, except for catching on fire too early? Um, I rather have the hot start, mm-hmm. but you like people don't like 
Well, people know now that last year we had no bye week. So if we would have jumped out four and zero and had a bye week to relax our bye, we can go back and look at the four games that we did good, but we almost could have lost and see what we did wrong. But since us playing every week, we couldn't go back to last week because we got a new opponent coming up this week, and we got prepared for them. So a lot of teams that had bye week, they sat down and watched our game while we playing, and they did their research on us. But like I said, it's no excuse for us because we still had a great team. And, you know what I'm saying, I think we had about two or three by two bye weeks, we would have been okay. You know what I'm saying? We would probably kept going like we was, mm-hmm. but – it ain't no excuse for us, though. Like I said, the better team won in the season. We had a great squad. I love them boys that we played with last year, and I hope they do great this year, wherever they at. Speaking of your schedule coming up, you got Carolina. You're traveling to San Antonio the week one. Is there a game on that schedule that you're looking at and you circle it? Like, I can't wait to play them, or is it just one week at a time, one and no at a time? Well, with me, it's just one week at a time, you know what I'm saying, because if you look ahead at a certain game – you ain't going to be focused on the next one. So I really ain't circling no game. Only game I really circle, if I say in it, it's like the first time in Jacksonville because my people can come watch me play. You know what I'm saying? That's the only time I be worrying about the Jacksonville game. But just playing against another team or opponent, I really ain't got no circle game. It's week to week with me. So, Zach, to wrap it up here, seeing that you've been on for a while, uh, thank you again and to the, for joining us and I guarantee the fans of Carolina and especially the fans in Jacksonville who watch our show because uh, you're still a fan favorite down here in Jacksonville just want to tell you man like I have colleagues are like is where's Zach Brown is he's still in Carolina and man we need to trade for him I was like I don't think he want to leave Carolina uh, but tell the fans where they can find you on social media Twitter Instagram all the, I don't there's so many social media TikTok whatever where can the fans find you on social media platforms this day and age well, on Instagram, you can find me at the real ZB1, DA real ZB1. And on TikTok, you can find me at ZB that guy, ZB DAT guy. You know what I'm saying? That's most of the platforms I be on. And also Facebook. Y'all already know Zach Brown and everything. But um, I also want to say shout out to the Carolina Cobra Nation, everything. Shout out Jacksonville. You know, I still love y'all down there, too. Okay, one more question. This is just a bold question, like a bold statement. What is your bold prediction slash statement? Zach Brown, linebacker, fullback, Carolina Pro- Cobras. What's your bold statement prediction for this year's 2023 Carolina Cobras? Number one seed, home field advantage, and win the championship. Hey, if you don't have that mindset, why do you even play this game? Am I right? Yes, sir. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Zach Brown. I'm Jim Mernier. This is episode 89, the Snake Pit Live event. Coming up next, more coverage of the Carolina Cobras and NAL news here on Inside the Walls podcast. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman. I've never seen them act like that before. Denial can be an ugly thing. Well, we should go, Mr. Ventura. I've arranged a plane. I'll meet you at the bottom. There's...
I like it. Well, yeah. Sorry, folks. That was weird. <laughs> uh, post pushed wrong buttons. Don't trust me in my technology. You just made the list. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, very, know, that, very that was Zach Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Now the other Zach is returning with me. Uh, but yeah, I'm here. Was, uh, uh, again, thank you to Zach uh, for joining us, uh, for joining me this afternoon and his busy schedule. Right now, I think he's at practice. They did have a late practice over there in Carolina. It's a lot of, as again, a lot of these teams are having a lot of social events with their community. So they usually practice in the at night while they visit the community during the day. So thank you, Zach Brown. You're a legend here in Jacksonville, and you're a legend up in Carolina. Appreciate you joining us uh, today. Yeah, he definitely – I wish I could have been on that interview. Just things, as you know, are busy on my end. But solid stuff, and, I mean, a lot of things we can take, of course, from that. I mean, look, Carolina, definitely you can tell, as you were saying leading in, um, you know, things didn't go as planned last, last year in August. And, you know, I think that's a chip on their shoulder for returning players. Um, and as he was saying, they got some good ones on there that they're bringing on, on that they're going to be able to compete very well right out of the gate. Um, something else I liked about that interview, um, and I, this is the this is the part I, I was wanting to talk about the most, just because I think as an NNL community, this isn't even just for the Cobras. You know, we should acknowledge that you know DJ Myers being kind of this torchbearer for the league, uh, Ironman Player of the Year, coming from Carolina, now going to be playing and is currently in training camp for the Memphis Showboats of the USFL, kind of mm-hmm. moving up the list. That guy, you know, alone, as Zach put, hard worker, true dedicated player, team fo- focused and oriented, first true and true, and definitely earned that spot. And the, I love the kind of the companionship between the two with the with the Iron Man of the Year awards, because it was kind of neck and neck there with both of them in that and saying, you know what? No matter what happens, we need to be happy for each other. We both have had excellent seasons. We both were part of one of the best teams in the NAL last year. Mm-hmm. That's really great camaraderie coming from a guy like Zach there, uh, who has definitely been one of the class class players in this league. Of course, and it, it, it's cool that even though he is in another league um, in the USFL, or in the words of Zach Brown, the snowboats, uh, which I like that. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but the showboats, uh, it, it just tells you the respect that these players have for each other, and that when they move up to another professional league, they still have the, the respect from past teammates and past players. So that's that was a cool sign thing. There's no grudge or no animosity against people who oh, get no. the call up, because in this industry, in this business, your goal is to play in the big three-letter league, the NFL. And sometimes you have to your roads exactly. go to other leagues to get to that actual goal goal itself. But uh, again, Zach Brown is a a genuine guy. I've I've talked to him before years ago when he was in the Sharks, uh, but not in an interview style like we just did. Um, but again, he every time he comes to Jacksonville, he's a fan favorite still. Um, everyone loves him in Jacksonville. He's when you see him in pregame, everyone's stretching. He's going around the boards talking to every single Shark fan there because that's how genuine the guy is he has a respect for both cities again he does the same thing in carolina um he has a respect for both cities he has respect for both fan bases and he's just a good genuine guy who loves the arena game who loves this sport who loves to play football and fans respect that from players that you know Mm -hmm. they they give to the community 
and as much as you give to the community, the community will bring back to give back to you. So that's one thing I like about Zach Brown. That's one thing I like about DJ last year. He was the same yeah. very genuine guy. He and talked you can, to you. How's that? Yeah, I was just sorry. I was just I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I saw a great comment. If you want to pop that up from uh, JPN here, because can't forget about Joel Powell. We've talked about Joel Powell on our tweet tweets as well. Another guy, you know, playing in the XFL. He's making some plays over there, yeah. special teams and in the safety position over there with the Arlington Renegades. Uh, but yeah, both those guys are torchbearers for this sport, and that's great to see. Now, if just here's the thing with the XFL broadcasts. If they can just acknowledge the NAL, that'd be great. <laughs> that's all I'm asking for, because they acknowledge his play with the NIFL, but I'm like, oh, you got interrupted midway through the accolades. Like, dude, no! National really mention that, please. Because that, that this league deserves that attention. Arena football deserves that attention, you know? <laughs> well, especially with his accolades, we had also we had a couple of players that didn't make rosters that came back to the NAL. Uh, yeah. Naquan Murray, Antoine Grand, I think there's a couple others that try to make the attempt. I think uh, Christianola, Orlando, try to make an attempt. Um, so, and I think Jackson from uh, um, San Antonio went to the uh, Brahmas, San Antonio Brahmas, and came back to. Yeah, Justin Alexander, who was uh, last, last year first team All NAL, dude went to the Brahmas. He's staying in his hometown and was an. That's a great. By the way, we talked about this already. A great re-signing that they got off the exempt list mm -hmm. uh, back. So he's going to be a game wrecker once again, as long as he doesn't get called up by the uh, beginning of the season. We'll see. Um, but if he's there, come April, that's going to be awesome for the for, for the Gunslingers. But that's what we're talking, yo. The, like guys like Myers, guys like Powell, you know, those are two dynamic Cobras players that made impacts last year that they're going to go shine in these alternative leagues and they can show off what the other skews of football is, especially arena. You know, we're trying to regrow the sport. It's in a weird, like, you know, I, I would say it's getting better across the board, you know, all leagues, but we're still a ways away from where we were back to where we were like a decade plus ago, you know, and that's, that helps these little bits. They help. Seeing those talents get those next steps, that helps a lot. And I, I hope to God that Myers not only sticks, but that he gets to play and excel as a receiver and the announcers get to talk about the NAL on broadcast. And I will get all giddy and get to tweet about that. Of course. And, and of course, we talk about arena football through its history and about how players get a chance to play in other leagues and they move up. Everyone goes to the main ones. Everyone goes to Kurt Warner. Like he play, he was bagging groceries and played for Iowa. Then he went to the NFL and won the Super Bowl. I'm going to stand right here and I guarantee the chat will blow up. People in Albany may hate this, whatever, um, or any team that's had history in the other arena leagues. Kurt Warner is the guy who holds the pedestal to the sport because of where he's at right now and why, what he did. The best quarterback in the arena game was never Kurt Warner. He just got hot, found the organization that wanted him, moved up to the NFL, and shined. That's what your goal is in this league, to move up. The best one's Aaron Garcia. The problem is he just made he just stayed in the arena league and became a – Basically, God mode for you, God, uh, for you Dragon Ball Z fans out there. Uh, and they read a game. He just <laughs> set records like crazy. Um, but receivers, like, one thing that gets, like, with Albany a couple of weeks ago, a, a touchdown, Eddie Brown, who followed, finally followed us on po podcast, thank you, on Twitter, and liked this. Yes. Um, Eddie Brown is, you know, a big stable. He's, he's a big name in the arena game. But it's, it irritates the heck out of me when I watch the big letter networks 
Fox, ESPN, and them talk about the news about Albany, and they don't mention touchdown Eddie Brown. They mention his son. Yeah. His I mean, son, that, still, his, yeah, his son's I mean, Brown, a bigger name, but right, Eddie but, Brown I mean, you is Exactly. So I was going to, Eddie Brown, it's, Eddie Brown made the Firebirds, made the Albany area. He's a stud. Yeah. Antonio Brown became Antonio Brown out of college. I think it was Western Michigan. I think he went to, and then he, then he went on to, uh, go. I want, don't want to get it wrong. Uh, he went to the picks. He was drafted by the Steelers. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. He was drafted by the Steelers was originally from Western played for central Michigan. Central Michigan. I knew it was one of the yes. directional schools in Michigan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Central Michigan. The reason why I, well, I'm so – me and Zach are so adamant, ladies and gentlemen, about players getting the call again to up the upper-lower leagues, and then the upper-lower leagues talk about, oh, is DJ Myers, he did this, this, and this, and they skip over the arena league. I'm like, why will you skip over them? But when you talk about Kurt Warner, you bash the league, the, the Iowa Barnstormers like it's the only thing he did. I was like, give the guys credit to like Joel Powshine in the XFL. DJ Myers is going to tear it up with Memphis. Um, that's going to be my somewhat of a adopted team in the USFL this year. It's there the, you go. Because um, of DJ Myers. Uh, it's just the – I like you mentioned, I think they, they mentioned something about Joe Powell, but they didn't mention the Cobras. But when you go in the past – and you, they, the, it's like the major leagues that cover this sport want to avoid the arena. They always talk about his college, maybe where he played at in Europe, but they'll never mention the 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 other arena leagues, the other old arena league, or the National Arena League. They will skip over it. But if it's Kurt yeah. Warner, they bash the Iowa Barnstormers like a hardcore. I'm like, if you're going to do it for him, do it for Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown just became the VP or the president of Albany. They did not mention one thing about Eddie Brown. They all talked about his son 100% of the time. Yeah, Antonio Brown is the owner. But come on, Eddie Brown's what made the Albany franchise and their history and their team. Touched right, I mean, that's the reason. I think if anything, it just, you know, I'm, I I think that, that just shows, like you said. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I think, first off, to reiterate, it's great that the Brown family are owning part of – that are, own, are part owning and running the empire. I love that connection back to their local community. I have to reiterate that that is fantastic. I, I think one thing we do mention, though, is that this sport has a long way to go in terms of national engagement and in terms of getting back into the spotlight as more of a niche sport like it used to be is what is being brought up. Because I will say that, you know, Eddie Brown definitely, you know, like you're talking Eddie Brown, Aaron Garcia, as you brought up, and of course, as Jordan's bringing up. You know, these are star players. As uh, Chris Sigfried, when we talked to him last year, as we brought up, they were arena star players. These are guys that made their, their name and their career mm-hmm. in the arena space, made it their sport of choice that where they made an impact and they made a living off of. So, you know, I think we still have a bit of ways to go, but the more we see guys like this make to make it to the next level like that, the more that helps. You know, we just got to get a little bit more time, I guess, to talk about the backgrounds of players because it's funny. Pal, as I said, they brought up his uh, NIFL days with Lehigh Valley. And then they had to stop because mid-broadcast had something go down, so they just completely bailed on it. I was like, no! You were right there at the AFL and the NAL content. You could have talked a little more. And it's like, ah, shoot. Well, I guess we'll take the Lehigh Valley nod real quick. Not too bad. So don't get me started on Lehigh. I miss Lehigh. That was I know, a, lot of people, a lot of people I, do. That was <laughs> such a good organization. Well, their fans were very passionate, which I fall in love with fan bases 
if they love the sport like I do. And Jordan even says, like, uh, I'm not going to, you know, flex my muscle here. Um, he's been saying it all year, and Jim is now saying it out loud. Uh, I'm with you, Jordan. I'm with you. This has been me for years, <laughs> with or without a podcast. I'm like, yeah. it, it, there's players that you look in the past, like Tiger Jones, to name a few, uh, even quarterbacks, Bomber. Like, he can list so many players. Uh, the GOAT from the Chicago Rush, who's the game? He's on the, on the cover of the video game. Yep. Like, there are certain players that don't get the recognition, and they always will skip over the arena leagues. They talk about his either NIA school, his college, or if he played in Europe. It's like this, this level of sport, it doesn't get covered. And it aggravates me when people go, oh, I thought arena league died. I'm like, no, we've been here for no. years. And it's like, hello, we're here. But seeing that we're – this is live. I know it's live. We get excited. This is a little extended edition. Um, we're 1,400 miles apart. I can officially finally say that. We're 1,400 miles <laughs> apart. Uh, Jacksonville, yes, Arizona. Um, but I know that we got Carolina Cobra fans that want to get into the schedule breakdown for their Carolina team. Uh, let me pop mm-hmm. it up. And, of course, I, I guarantee you our homeboy is going to say something like he made it on our stream again. So here we go. Here is a, the schedule for the 2023 <laughs> Carolina Cobras. Bye weeks are week three, week five, and week eight. And, yes, uh, I'm waiting for the comment here about how, how he made it back on the stream. Uh, it happens every <laughs> single episode that he sees the platform. Um Key games, as you know, they start on the road at the San Antonio Gunslingers. This is for the people who are listening to the podcast. Their first home game is week two against the Warbirds. By week, home against the Empire. By week, home against the Predators. Then at Milwaukee. Or, no, at Milwaukee. <laughs> really, they're not the Milwaukee Mustang. Milwaukee. At, at the Fayetteville Mustang. Now, that, see, you see what happens when I start talking about old school arena football? I go back to the old <laughs> Milwaukee Mustangs, Milwaukee Iron Days. Um Three bye weeks before week eight, a lot of heavy home games in the first half of the season, a lot of testy road games, but they play Jacksonville at home to wrap up week 17. And again, a lot of these, a lot of these schedules, like we've said the last couple of weeks about the Cobras, about the Mustangs, about the Predators, about the Jacksonville Sharks, there's always one or two games that we have to circle and say, this is a game that will determine their season. And like we've said, between the Sharks and the Gunslingers, it's always the matchups against the Empire. Are they going to be the team take down? And again, Carolina was there last year. Carolina swept the Empire in the regular season, but lost the game that mattered the most. And the question is, you look at the schedule. Very home game heavy early in the year. A lot of, You got that three-game road trip, week 10 through week 12, at mm-hmm. Warbirds, Predators, and Sharks. And again... The, the Carolina Cobras have a 14-game season, so they have three games against two opponents. Their two opponents are the Warbirds and the Mustangs. Benefit of the doubt, I think they got a good draw between uh, the two teams they play. Uh, in my opinion, the key game, of course, is where to determine these, this team. It will be, in my opinion, right after the gauntlet, when you start the road trip to West Texas, are they in contention? Is that first half of the schedule get them? And does that second half, that key three game road trip at week 10 to week 12, does that separate them from the pack to the contenders? Or does that push them back to the back teams to compete for possibly a four seed in the schedule? 
Yeah, I think the, the road. I think the road stretch from week ten to twelve is a good one to look at. Uh, I like to point out with weeks one through nine, um, you know, they do get their five of their six opponents that they play throughout the season. They get to sample that as they get to start the year. And you know, once they hit weeks two through through two through nine, they get to basically, you know, kind of get one game, take a little time away, see the competition. Second game, take a little time away, see the competition, uh, and vice versa. So. You know, they, they do have a, a lot of split set games, two games apiece uh, that they have to play opponents. The only one that they'll play three times is in, of course, Fayetteville, where they're going to be at Fayetteville twice. Uh, keep that in mind. So that that series, depending on how good Fayetteville is, that could be crucial to them, kind of with some tiebreaker scenarios. Um, I do think that having the bye weeks earlier, I know we just talked about them going through that gauntlet of a 15-game stretch without a bye week. Uh, it's great that they have bye weeks. They do have a week eight bye, but they still have to go through nine straight games before they then hit the playoffs if they do get to the playoffs. So uh, it, it's not as bad as last year. Um, they do get to at least rest up and be fully healthy for that stretch run of games that they have to end the season. But it still is a, it still is a pretty long stretch of uh, competition you have to play especially now that you're going to be later in the year, you're going to have to do a lot of your bulk of road games away from North Carolina. Keep in mind that week two through nine stretch, the farthest away from home you're going to be is week seven. And that's roughly two hours down the road in Fayetteville. So not much of a, I mean, it's a, it's a quick, it's quick car ride. So that's a relatively easy road trip nonetheless. And it's also could be a fan friendly road trip too. So you're not really going to experience much uh, pressures of being on an actual travel schedule until you hit week 10 after you, of course, do your week one setup in San Antonio. But I mean, you're gonna have a seven week stretch where you kind of just get to stay at home, perfect your, you know, what your balance of your roster is, get some wins or if you can, or split some series and then be prepared because that end of the year gauntlet is going to be aggressive. That that's the one I was about to mention the end of the year gauntlet. If they, our team that's going to be a team that's going to be competing for a playoff spot. You know, dang sure the three teams that they're wrapping up at the end of the year, this, uh, they're home against the gunslingers at the empire, they're home against the sharks. All three of those teams are, will clearly be in playoff contention. Uh, I do think, I believe those would be the top three to four teams that will be in the consideration for the postseason. There could be a fifth team in there, possibly or an Orlando or maybe a Warbird. There's always that fifth team that, you know, sneaks their head into the mix at the end of the year. But that your home away and home probably against the right now based off what we've seen off of rosters, the two better roster of, of two better teams in the league based on roster and the and the gunslingers in the empire. And of course, you're going to play against possibly. I'm not, you know, uh, th- this is not me making a bold statement. Uh, this is just me basing off facts from the last seven five years in the NAL and the coach who is over here. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, will have the best defense in the NAL this year. Um, that's just my mindset because you look at the history of the last uh, couple of years. Jacksonville's had, uh, Columbus has had the best best defense because of um, because of Coach Gibson. I think that translates to Jacksonville. Um, so I think that Jacksonville, Carolina, two game set is going to be pivotal. Thank God we're not playing or both teams not playing each other four times like they did last year. Yep. Um, but for a team that has been wanting bye weeks like Caroline from last year and like Jacksonville last year, we all, both of us get three bye weeks. So, but again, that first eight weeks of the season, the first nine weeks of that season, uh, this season, you look at Carolina, 
pivotal to win at least three of those four home games in that first nine-game stretch and split maybe uh, Fayetteville and San Antonio. So right there, you look in the six games, four and two stretch. If you're four and two right there going to week 10 at West Texas, you're putting yourself in a good position for the great term I say, if you've listened to our show for many of episodes of 89 of them, the muck. The is muck. Carolina a part of the muck this year? Or are they going to be the team that's outside the muck this year? So <laughs> because the show is going on a little further, those are our key games, key moments. So let's just switch up and go quick because we did promise that we will be answering questions to the fans because this is very rare that we don't get love and support from our fans. Not really. They, they're, they're always on this. No, they're great. These but people. again, <laughs> if you want to ask questions, ask them now. After bowl takes for 2023, we'll get to the fan questions to wrap up episode 89 um, of Inside the Walls podcast. And next week, again, Albany Empire are coming next week. Ticket giveaway, interviews with Coachman Austin, a couple uh, player players, and much, much more as we're two weeks away from the kickoff of the 2023 NAL season. Zach, my man, bowl takes for the Carolina Cobras in 2023. Bold takes for the Carolina Cobras. Um, I will say bold take for me that I think you will have to have Malik Henry finish the season uh, for Carolina. That is my bold take. I don't know if it's going to come down to health. I don't know if it's going to come down to performance. Um, and this is, I don't want to fully doubt Charles McComb. I just have a feeling that Malik Henry being how he was at the end of last season, kind of, showing off some of the spark he had when he came to Carolina, being with James Fuller, you know, again, for another year. I feel like if they have a chance and that they feel like they want to make a bold move, that's what they're going to do. So I think by the end of the year, if they do make, like, say, maybe not a desperation play, but something like, say, they need a, a, a bit of juice to try and push themselves over the hump, don't be surprised if for some reason they switch to Malik Henry and say, you're our guy for that final stretch. My bold take is not really bold. It's more of a gamble for sorts. Mm-hmm. As much as I say. love the, the, the much as as much as I love the Carolina Cobras, as much as I have Zach Brown on the show and support, I don't think this Cobra team has that big of a drop off this year. I do say that Carolina does make the playoffs. They do make the playoffs. They're my fourth team. Out of the four teams, they will be the four seed. And my bold take of this season is that Carolina makes the playoffs as the four seed and becomes mm-hmm. one of the three four seed teams to knock off a one. Oh, okay. Bold take. That's pretty bold. <laughs> um, pretty bold, Jim. Not two questions. Now, I did play a video here. So this is our time. Let's see if it works this time. If not, we're just going to scalp it. You did see it. I pressed the wrong button earlier. Fan, <laughs> questions are ne- fan questions are next. Put your questions in. We do have a couple already. Fan questions are next. Any question, any team, any league, or, or NAL, any team, any player, whatever, send them through. Side right now. I've never seen them act like that before. Denial can be an ugly thing. Well, we should go, Mr. Ventura. I've arranged a plane. I'll meet you at the bottom. There's still one more thing I must do before I go. 
And here we are. <laughs> so our, 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 we are. our first question is from a loyal um, from a loyal listener is uh, Dave Williams. How many guys from last year's team are back with the Carolina Cobras? Last time I checked, nine. Yeah. Again, the, track- roster, the, the rosters do change from time to time. Uh, they did release Mishan Robinson, but I don't think he was going to play. They finally officially released Tommy Grady uh, on their play <laughs> report. I saw that, and I'm like, really? Um, finally. <laughs> a year and a half later, I, mean, they finally have this. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, of all the things last season, it, it seems so weird looking back going, oh, yeah, Tommy Grady was a thing for like one week. Forgot about, I almost forgot about that, but didn't, you know, <laughs> of all things the Cobras could have had happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like a massive amount of the roster, but it, there's, it's those nine folks, or at least that, that group is your stars and your veterans. So the people that know the system and you can just go week one with. So I don't know what good. Jordan put Joe Hillis for. Um... Oh, I think he was referring to stars that don't get enough attention earlier in the show. Oh, see, yeah, that's what, there is. Uh, as I say, there's, there's another question from Dave Williams actually uh, that's predators related. Uh, predators related from Dave. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Uh, what do you think of Larry Beavers being cut by Orlando? Yeah, that one. That was too bad. Um, and I think Larry put it on his own Facebook, by the way. It was a complete business decision, no animosity towards the organization. Um, we've talked about it in our Predators episode. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen in that specialty department. Um, I, I, I thought he was going to be safe from last year because I thought he was a solid Ironman player for them. But, you know, it's not it's not Coach Higginson's team anymore. This is Herky Walls. So it's whatever they need at the time. Um Sadly, business decision, but it is what it is. Uh, too bad. I, I hope he gets at least one more opportunity. I know he's a very much a uh, very seasoned veteran at this point, but if he gets another shot to play somewhere else, I'd love to see him play. And we have a question from uh, – oh, I, never mind. I forgot the answer. Completely, um, <laughs> let's go on to the next question without answering the question. Uh, <laughs> Larry Beavers is a one of the top receivers in this game over the last couple of years with him in New Jersey him down to Orlando last year. He bounced around. I think he was in Albany last year too. Um, but you look at the players that are down there right now, uh, Clarence Williams, uh, Rob Jones, uh, uh, Pr- uh, Prince Shinola, uh, there's another guy, Alani Outlaw. Jared Dangerfield. Dangerfield. And it's, it, it's a loaded receiving core. We even said that there's going to be players that are going to get the ax because of how loaded that receiving core is. Um, I think Beavers does find a landing spot. He will find a, a spot somewhere in this. He's good enough to play for any team in this league. Um, it, it's it stinks that he's not going to be in Orlando, but I won't be surprised if you see him pop up maybe in Fayetteville or Carolina or probably maybe Jacksonville uh, again. Um, Gibson likes players that have talented players, and he fits that mold. Um, but from what I've seen from Gibson and his mentality, I don't think he's going to reach for an older player. I think he'd rather find that young up-and-coming guy and build around him. Um, but that's my opinion. That's 
just my observations. Uh, yeah. Also, this is a personal question from our friend Jordan to you, Zach. Uh, with the move to uh, uh, Arizona, are you still planning to go into a game uh, this year? Uh, that is to be determined. Ideally, if I can make it work, wherever the championship's at, that's my main goal. I would like to go back and do a second in a row uh, for myself. Um, otherwise, regular season games kind of feeling out of the cards. It's just, I've, I'll be honest, I got a lot going on right now. Uh, my new, my new, not this show job, uh, I am just starting training with this week. So I have to feel a lot of things out, but I think uh, for me, the championship in August is my main goal. If I can go to that, that'll satisfy my requirements that I want to do with the NAL just because, you know, I had such a great time last year, and I hope that Jim and I can meet up for that. So, yeah, that's my goal. The NAL championship, specifically me. I know Jim has a lot more games. He's already – I mean, shoot, you're in Jacksonville. You're a season ticket holder, so that kind of clarifies things. For me, I just need that one. Give me that one experience if I can get to it, you know? Possibly a championship game, possibly something may appear because you're busy coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, heading back this side of the country to <laughs> Birmingham to Memphis. So you're going to be busy. Exactly. Um, so someone has to hold down the four here and cover arena game while you're doing everything else on your end. Um, Jordan adds another question. Speaking of Beavers, you think he'll be a good fit in Carolina. I think he will be a good fit in Carolina. Experienced. Uh, he's been there, done that, and it will help McCollum or Malik Henry settle down with a more experienced receiver. It's one thing that you know is about Malik Henry in Jacksonville is that he had Devin Wilson right there. And yeah. Devin really, you know, helped him settle down as the season progressed. Um, but yeah, I, he'll be a good fit in Carolina. Again, that's if Carolina wants an experienced receiver. I don't know what Fuller wants, but knowing for Fuller, he does like veteran wide receivers. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, that does happen. The same thing here. I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, Beavers at this stage, to me, if I'm looking at uh, Carolina's roster, um, either you can slot him in as like a, one of your receiver two or three. Um, primarily, though, what I think you should do with him, because, again, I liked what he did last year as a DB. Uh, I think he'd be a great rotational Ironman piece to kind of just let people rest. He'd be a great person. Like Think of like a sixth man in the NBA basketball. Or like, say, a line change, like we talk about line changes in the NAL. I think that that's a great type of player there is that Larry can come off. You got someone that's going to be rested, knows what he needs to do when he gets on the field, and gives those star players that rest, and it doesn't lose too much of that talent floor you have out there on the turf. So I think it would be a great fit for Carolina just to have that depth. You know, Because I think Carolina, mostly right now, if they can get a little more depth at those spots, that would be ideal for me. Mm-hmm. And also, we have a, a question from Dave from earlier in the show uh, about West Texas, why there's only 25 to 26 players in camp. Um, that information is quite inaccurate. They actually have like 34 players on roster. Um, a lot of the roster updates have not been posted yet, so that mm -hmm. will change. Um, but again, they will have to get down to, I think, 25 anyways um, here in a week. Uh, so camp's not like the NFL and not like CFL and all the other ones where you have three or four weeks of camp, then you have cuts today. Uh, mm -hmm. NAL, they were cutting players a week and a half, two weeks into their camp. Um, that's how it's done, I think, in Jacksonville. I think uh, we've talked, me and, me and Zach have talked to Gibson about how it's going to be very difficult cut, cutting half the players from the team because right. he really likes all the players that he has. And 
Uh, you're going to see that throughout the league. You're going to see a lot of quality players get cut and some probably some big names get released too. Uh, it happens in every league, in every sport. Big name gets released by a certain team, and voila, he appears on another team and shines because that player has a chip on his shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, uh, other stuff. Uh, um, uh, Jordan, a couple of things. Thank you, Jordan, again for sp- helping us. Um with the graphics and with your dedication on the discord. Yes, we have a discord, ladies and gentlemen link is in our description. It will be in the description after the stream is done. Uh, discord. We're pretty active. Um, we, we don't share leak secrets. Um, we don't do that, but we do talk about the national arena league. So people ask and said, where we, we leak sick uh, secrets and that's not true. Um, yeah. we don't do that. Uh, okay, David. No, no, David didn't ask a question. That was just him taking a shot at Orlando because of our stream. We had more people than him, uh, than the attendance people down in the the Guardians game. Uh, I think, yeah, but uh, any more questions out there for the fans? Um, again, I appreciate it. Put your questions in down. We're going to wrap up the show here in about two to three minutes. Uh, again, Caroline Cobras season starts. Remember, go get their tickets now at carolinecobras.com or Visit Ticketmaster for all your ticket needs uh, for the National Arena League. Every single team has single game tickets available now. Also, like, share, subscribe, hit the bell, Bill's morale. We're giving away mm-hmm. tickets to the Orlando Predators and the Albany Empire uh, home opener next week, where we have Coach Manos of the Albany Empire on the show with a couple player players. Player, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, crap. Nice. Worst comes to worst, we can always do an audible and get Levesque on. That's always fun to get Levesque on the show. Oh, there you go. There you um, go. But with that, that is next week's episode. And in two weeks, the whole crew is going to be on hand. It will be me. It will be Zach. It will be Mason Espinoza. And we'll be dropping yeah. two shows in two weeks. It will be our preview show of the 2023 season. And our week one preview show. So basically, it's kickoff season. Uh, kick, that, well, I mean preseason. We're going to break down who our first team players are. Who's our playoff teams? Who's our MVP? Who's our Ironman? It's that type of show. The whole crew's there. I think Justin might join too. So the whole crew of the Inside the Walls will be here in a couple of weeks. They kick off the 2023 season. Also, week one, San Antonio Gunslingers at no, excuse me. Carolina Cobras at the San Antonio Gunslingers is the Inside the Walls game of the week. We will have interviews with either a Gunslinger or a Cobra. And right now, could be both. But yeah, that is coming up in two weeks. There's 10 people watching this stream. There's only five likes. Hit that like. Hit the share. Hit the subscribe. Bill's morale. Thank you for the support. Final call for questions. Going once. Going, going once. Going, going twice. twice. Sold the Jordan. Could, oh, no, never mind. He says, thanks and good night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a question. I jumped like, the gun. Wait, there's a question in there? <laughs> but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 89. Thank you to Zach Brown, not the band, the player, the football, the myth, the legend. Zach Brown, the Carolina Co- Cobras. Thank you to the fans who have watched us and supported us over the years. Special Saturday uh, Saturday night um, live stream. Very rare. Next week, the game uh, – game, really. Next week, the show will yeah. be up <laughs> – it could be a game. Next week's show will be up on normal time, Friday at 10 a.m. 
on all podcast platforms. For the people who are watching the Mishap the Show, wait a couple minutes and we watch it here on YouTube or download it on podcast platform as it will be available tomorrow for your podcasting needs. That's Zach Coleman. I am Jim Mernier. This is Inside the Walls Podcast. We're 1,400 miles apart, but only a few inches on the TV screen. So with that, <laughs> you know what? With that, with my, with everything, I want to say thank you to the support. Thank you to the fans. Thank you for everything, ladies and gentlemen. We're two weeks away. One more preview show, Albany Empire next week, three weeks from the season. Thank you. Love you. See you guys next week. Snakes. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.